Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Understand the Times. And I am coming to you today (laughs) from Coronavirus Central. So not that I have the coronavirus, but we are right in the middle of it in America right now. So I thought it would be good to address this and to talk about it and see what we can do as Christians to be ready, to be prepared, and to the best for our communities and for the people we know and love and for our churches. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. So first of all, I want to direct you to 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32. This is the passage that has gone over and over through my mind in the last days. It says, from Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. Boy, that is important, especially when we are in times of crisis, when we are in times of confusion. It's important to have leaders who understand the times and know what we should do. And this situation is um, sort of, we use the word evolving rapidly. And I think it's, it's interesting that all of us were watching China for a long time. And we were seeing it as this virus over there. And then all of a sudden it was Europe. And we started watching Italy and hearing things from Italy, but still it was somewhere over there. It wasn't something that we necessarily had to deal with immediately. But then all of a sudden it was on U.S. soil. And again, if you're in the Midwest, like I am, it was still over there. Well, guess what? It's not over there anymore. My husband is in healthcare, and it's here. And so suddenly what was over there somewhere is in our backyard and something that we have to deal with. So how do we deal with that? Well, I'm going to give you three tips. And as always, I'm going to use quotes, and I'm going to use the Bible to ground us in this situation so that we can best deal with it. So number one, we need to involve God. He should always be our first resort. We always need to remember to do that. In the Old Testament, there was a king named Asa. And one of the saddest passages in the Bible goes something like this. King Asa, though his foot foot disease was severe, never asked God for help. And so he wasn't healed. (laughs) We don't want to be Asa. We want to be people who go to God in the middle of the distress, in the middle of the confusion, in the middle of the chaos, 
and ask for help. And one of my favorite passages to remind me of this is from Jeremiah 33, verse 3, where God says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Oh, God knows. God sees. Do you want help understanding this virus? Do you want help understanding what to do? Ask God. He's on the throne. This isn't a huge mystery to him. He's not running around going, whoa, what should I do? What should I do? Ask him. Go to him. God, give me wisdom. Give me peace. Give me a calm. Help me to know what to do, when to do it. Let me be like the men of Issachar. Give me that kind of wisdom, Lord, so I know what to do. And God has been so faithful to do that with me in the last couple of weeks. Let me explain to you. I'm going to go to number two. Rosa Parks said this, knowing what must be done does away with fear. And I have to say, I was one of those people who didn't really know what to do. But over the last couple of days, I have really gotten in gear quickly and God has helped me to know what to do. So there's all this talk and we see it on the news. And if you've been out in the stores, you see people who are grabbing toilet paper and paper towels and Kleenexes and water. And that's mm, not very helpful, quite honestly. Because in the middle of all this, what you don't need is 30 rolls of toilet paper. You need food and you need the supplies to get through the next two months. And that means really looking at what your family needs for meal plans. For me, what I did is every day I went to the grocery store and I got, you know, four or five packages of meat. So I made a pork roast and I shredded it and we ate half of it for a meal and the rest goes in the freezer. And I bought chicken breasts and I cooked them and I shredded them and I packaged them in um, Ziplocs for soup and for enchiladas and for those things. And I, I bought all the ingredients that I would need to put all these things together. So, you know, I'm making meatballs and, and all those things for the various meals that I could make. So for the last three to four days, I've been in meal prep mode big time because I have a family of six and tomorrow's the last day of school for at least a month in my town. And so everybody's going to be home for three meals a day. So I started looking at what do I need to get to make sure I have all the ingredients to make sure my children and my husband are well fed. I cooked a bunch of vegetables up and put them in bags. So for the soup, you know, I have the vegetables that I use for that. And for chicken pot pie, I have that um, mixture together so that all I have to do is go to my freezer and get the shredded chicken and get the vegetables and make a pie crust and I've got chicken pot pie. Um, the other thing that I'm getting ready to do is to teach my classes remotely. So in my church, I teach the teen Bible study and I teach Bible history for fifth and sixth graders. And because we're not going to be able to meet over the next couple of weeks, I am um, preparing to do our classes remotely. So of course, um, we still want to have the Word of God available, and we want to still continue with our classes, just like they're doing for my children's classes at school. They're not going to cancel school and not do anything. They're just doing school differently. Everybody's staying in their own home. It's online classes. There's different um, 
assignments and things that they have to do, but they're still going to continue with their curriculum. Well, I'm going to do the same. And that means I'm trying to find a place that I can teach from. And yesterday at church, I grabbed a whiteboard and an eraser and a marker because I love to draw and make charts and do a timeline when I'm teaching. And so I knew I needed that. So I'm in the middle of preparing. And like Rosa Parks said, once you're prepared, the fear kind of goes away. The fear is in not knowing what to do and not being able to do it. But if we can prepare and get ready, that's a whole different situation. So number one, we want to involve God. And number two, we want to prepare so that we don't have to be afraid. And number three, I found this quote, it's a meme. I don't, I can't attribute it to anybody, but it says, some people don't put others down, they lift them up. Okay, so over the course of the last two days, I have been working with a lot of people. I had church activities, like I said, planned that needed to be canceled or postponed, or how can we do this differently? I've been working with um, people in several congregations. I had one of my busiest speaking um, uh, tours coming up, I guess I'd say. It's not really a tour. Every church and event was different, but I had a busy, busy spring planned out for speaking. And I've had to contact every single leader at every church and say, okay, can we postpone? Do we need to cancel? What do you want to do? How do you want to do this? And it's interesting because I found that initially, a lot of the leaders weren't necessarily keen on canceling things or changing the things at all, you know, because we have this attitude that we really do need to meet together. And we're not going to be afraid. We're going to face this with faith, not fear. And very slowly and tactfully, I needed to come alongside them and show them what they probably don't um, have access to, or, or I shouldn't say it that way. Maybe they haven't had time to watch or learn or, or read the things that I have taken the time to watch and learn and read over the course of the last three days. So I really um, went to work and got serious about looking at Italy and what's going on in Italy and what's happening and how should that affect my actions. I looked at South Korea, what's going on over there because they're handling it um, very highly effectively, quite honestly, but it's also super invasive the way they're doing it as in they're tracking positive cases with GPS and showing everybody where that person is. So I don't think that's going to happen over here. But what I did learn is there was this awesome, awesome model that showed a simulation of what happens if we just let everybody go about their business as usual. And if you do that, the virus spreads super quickly, so much so that the hospitals are going to be overrun and we're not going to be able to keep up with it. So clearly, that's not an option, not a good option anyway. So the second simulation showed, well, what about if half of the people stay home, stay out of the public, and half of the people go about their business as usual? And of course, it cuts it. Not huge, um, but it, it cuts the amount of cases and the amount of virus, but it's still a pretty big curve. Well, what if three-fourths of us stay at home and only a fourth of the people are in the community? And that's where you start seeing significant change in the rise of cases of this virus. So as I saw that simulation, I realized that that is 
really what's going to change hearts and minds. So I started sending that to the people who were organizing these functions and saying, you know, listen, I think what we need to understand is that this virus spreads quickly. And the best thing that we can do for the next two to three to four weeks is sort of hunker down in our homes with our families and only go out when it's essential that we go out. So my husband, like I said, he's in healthcare. He has to go out. He has to go to work. The rest of us, not so much. If I've planned ahead, I have our food, I have our essentials, we don't have to worry about it, then guess what? We don't really have to go out. So um, so when I sent that simulation, and then thankfully the CDC came right alongside me <laughs> because they started changing their recommendations. Instead of saying, oh, groups of 100 or, or less are fine, they started saying, well, you know, probably 50 or less. And then a dear, dear friend of mine, who is a physician and has been in medicine for years and years and years, she said something to me that really hit home. And she said, viruses don't count at the door. They don't count and see if there's only nine people in there. And if there is, if there's only nine people, then they go to the next room where there's 12. Or they don't stop at the door and see if there's 100 people there. (laughs) And if there's less than 100, they won't go in. Like one person with the virus can spread it to all those people who go home and spread it to all their family. And that's how it grows exponentially. And so as I started sending tactful emails to the leaders saying, well, I know, I know how much we want to have these functions, and I'm still willing to have these functions. I just think we should probably postpone it for the time being. And I, and I sent these charts and the simulations, and then people are more willing to work with you because now they see, and now they start to understand, and then they can wrap their heads around it, and then they see that, yeah, it probably is best for us to postpone this event. It's probably not worth Um, other people getting sick, and we're putting ourselves at risk, and we're also putting other lives at risk too. So I think it's really important to, instead of um, bashing our leaders or complaining about them or saying that they don't know what they're doing, come alongside them. Help them understand. Um, Give them support. You know, instead of just saying, we need to cancel this, tell them that you are willing to work with them. I can do some things remotely. Would that be helpful? I would love to do A, B, C, D, E. What can I do to help you in this situation? That is far more effective, less abrasive, and it probably is not going to make your leaders as defensive as just saying, you need to do this, or you should really be doing this, or why haven't you done? That's not helpful. That's not helpful. This is the time for people to rise up and lead and come alongside those who are leading with kindness, with tact, with information. Help people to know what to do so they can do it and so that we can all be in this and work together. I think that it's a good time to just join together in prayer for God to protect us, help us, lead us, and guide us. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with our nation and we ask that you would be with each of us. Help us to do what is right and good. Help us to know what is good so that we can do it. 
Help us to take great concern during this time to take care not only of our families, but to watch out for those who might not have people near them to help. Lord, we ask that you would stop this virus in its tracks and that you would um, just really hold us in the palm of your hand. Continue to bring us to the word, Lord. That is where your truth is, and that is where we are going to find the strength and the peace that will bring us through this. We thank you for being with us and never leaving us alone and walking with us even when times are tough. Holy Spirit, increase our faith. Jesus, thank you for all you have done. Holy Father, we thank you for always providing for us. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. We are here to pray for you. Please, everyone, stay safe.